Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Come on. Hi, I'm Henry Davis, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park in Landover, Maryland, a Bible-believing, Christ-centered, and Spirit-led congregation. I want to welcome you to our radio broadcast. And remember, there's power at the park. John chapter 4, verses 46 and following. Hear the words in the New Living Translation. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned water into wine. There was a government official nearby, Capernaum, whose son was very sick. When he had heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee. He went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them, when The boy had begun to get better, and they replied, yesterday afternoon at 1 o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time Jesus had told him, your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. Thus far the words of God. You may go to your seats around the building. I want to come back to that 50th verse John's Gospel chapter 4 450 says then Jesus told him Go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed when Jesus said and started home. Go home. Your son will live. I want to talk in this service from the theme, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Your son will live. Sometimes people try to ask me, well, how do you uh, memorize names and places? Many times I do it by association. Typically, if I remember a name, I try to associate it with something else. And that something else will help disturb me to remember 
what it is that I want to remember. This scripture is one that you can remember by association, especially if you live in Maryland and you know Route 450. Huh, help somebody. So is it in this particular passage that Jesus is talking to this official? He's telling him to keep it moving. Go back home. He had already walked 20 miles so that he could just see Jesus. He had heard that Jesus was in the vicinity. And since Jesus was in the vicinity, it was no time to him for him to stay in a depressed state. He had a problem that he could not solve. Something that was too hard for him, Dr. Hawkins, but not too hard for God. Jesus gives him a directive, go back home, your son will live. Matter of fact, it was in those particular words, Jesus did not say, did not pray a prayer. He just articulated a statement. And with that articulation of statement, then of course there is the directive for this official to go back home. He had power. He had prestige. Whatever human power he had did not measure against divine power. Because the Bible tells us every knee has to bow. Every tongue has to confess. He makes his way to Jesus. Because sometimes you can be killed by stagnation. Being stale. Being, being in a place where you can only stay where you are. If you stay where you are, you can't get to where God potentially can take you. If Peter could have stayed in the boat. David could have stayed in the field. You have to understand that sometimes God will call us from certain places and predicaments. You've got to keep it moving. Keep it moving, Highland Park. As you, we move into 2024, we realize all of the things that God has done in the history of our church. 102 years of lifting up Christian witness. All the souls that have been saved from the, big, from the blue bus to right now. From the Highland Park neighborhood to where we now sit here on Sheriff Road. We've got to keep it moving. Keeping it moving whether we're talking about the expansion of our ground enlarging our territory, growing our school, visionary things that could take place. Yes, with the breaking ground of senior housing. Matter of fact, the formation of a new school, Prince George's Christian Academy. All of the things that will eventuate potentially in a high school with Christian principles. We have to keep it moving. You keep it moving because you realize you can't do it without God. But with God, all things are possible. We met this past week, Pastor John Jenkins and I and others, because we talked about how we can combine our schools, how two can come together and become one strong institution, impacting this community and beyond. We've got to keep it moving, not resting on our laurels, not spending our time looking in the rear view. Not resting on what happened yesterday, but what can happen right now. If God has you alive, he has you alive with a purpose. That's why 
Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Matter of fact, when you, you realize that when you are stagnant, that those, all the, those other negative thoughts can creep into your spirit. You, you, you become stagnant. You become stale. But I'm thanking God for activity. I'm thanking God that you have motion in your limbs and you can be grateful that I can get up, I can rise and shine and give God the glory. Keep it moving. Matter of fact, some of you keep it moving with a cup of coffee in the morning. Red Bull energy drinks. I don't care what it is, but I'm thanking God that some of us keep it moving by falling on our knees in prayer, getting up in praise, adoration unto God. I'm glad to be in this service one more time. The three things we're going to look at in this worship experience. Yeah, that's right. I'm fresh this morning. You have to realize I rested well and I'm, I'm ready to hit the ground running this morning. But we, number one, we must understand that believers must trust the word of God with all their hearts. You cannot be casual. You cannot be inconsistent. You've got to be all in for the cause of Christ. You have to realize that God has a purpose for you. And you have not been, you have been, you have not been left here not to realize the great things that God can potentially do in your life. You must trust God. Trust the word of God with all your heart. The second thing that we're going to look at in this worship experience, when death is imminent, decisions need to be made. When you realize, when you understand that you're in those last hours, those last moments, decisions will need to be made. I'm praying that this is the audience that has uh, an insurance policy. This is the audience that has prepared for the reality that we will not earthly live forever. And once we leave, it, it will be best that we have taken care of our affairs, that you have a will, that you have certain directives that make things easier for those who are among the left behind. Don't make it so that people have to scramble and figure out what to do after you check out of here, trying to figure out who gets the TV, who gets the curling iron, and all of these. I, I've got to make sure that I have made some directives and laid them out because I understand decisions must be made when death is imminent. Decisions have to be made. What is going to be? Are you, are you open to being hooked up to tubes in order for your life to be continued? Or are you open to living on life support? All of those kinds. There are decisions and health directives that we need to take care of So before we leave. And then you can get to the funeral and say, this is what I want. You don't have to figure out who's supposed to preach, how long is it going to be, who's going to be on the program, who's going to carry my body. All of those things when death is imminent, decisions need to be made. Thirdly, when God says what God, what God says is already settled. God said it, it's settled. And matter of fact, whether you understand it or not, all I'm going to do is simply trust God all the way. 
all the way. Let's keep it moving. That's what we're doing this morning. We're keeping it moving. We're trusting in God. We're depending on him. We're understanding with God all things are possible. Without God, there's an emptiness in my life, and I have come this morning to give God the best praise I can. Here it is. Number one, believers must trust the word of God with all their hearts. In this particular passage, this, this official had come to Jesus. He would not have walked 20 miles for nothing. He came, and then he is able to have this encounter, have a little talk with Jesus, and Jesus gives him a directive, go back home. Why are you going to tell me to go back home? I just left home. I left home with a problem. But I left, but Jesus says, I want you to go back home. Your son will live. Your son will live. And then the man believed. This is what is happening in this text. He tells him, and then he believes. Notice, he does not give a description to Jesus about how bad the situation was when he left home. He does not tell Jesus not one thing. He does not give him any long speeches. He just simply comes and he has this conversation and Jesus says, go back home. And the man just turns, believing. No evidence. He did not have the ability to do a FaceTime. He did not have the ability to, get to call over and to find out how's he doing right now. All he does is said the man believed and started home. He started home. Now, he knows how he left home handle, but now he's going to start back home to that same place. But the great thing about this text is that the man does not go through any dialogue. He just simply believes. How do you know Jesus? No, don't ask him not one thing. He just simply, Jesus says the words, go back home. Your son will live. Go back home. Go back home. Your son will live. Does not say that he's healed, but he does say he's going to live. He does not say what his condition will be, but he says he will live. Now, you do understand if you dig, dig into the word live, living, living it encompasses several things because some of us live and some of us exist. Some of us live well. There, there, are, there are levels of living. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life, but I want you to have life abundantly. We as believers are not just here. We as believers ought to be excited, joyful, energized, inspired. We, are, we as believers, somebody ought to be inspired and encouraged about the fire shut up in your bones. Chester, G Jeremiah said it felt like fire. Shut up in my bones. You can't even sit down on the, on the power that God has in your life. That's why some of you got up this morning. You couldn't sit down. You couldn't stay home. I, I know you heard about the weather and the rain, but you said, I'm going to worship. And then you get up, and it's not as bad as they said. See, sometimes we can allow those forecasters to keep us frozen. Come on, somebody. But sometimes you got to 
push your way. And then once you push your way, then you have you get that assurance that since I simply stepped out on faith, come on somebody, God can meet you at the level of your faith. Peter stepped out of the boat. Could have stayed in there. It would have been more comfortable staying in the boat, but no, Peter said, no, 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 no. If Jesus is out there and wherever Jesus is, that's where I want to be. Jesus told him, go back, your son will live. It's this, this gentleman, he believed it with all of his heart. No dialogue, no discussion. Can you say that again? Can you repeat yourself? Nothing. He just turns believing. Second thing, when death is imminent, decisions need to be made. You got to make a decision. It's time is of essence. I don't know what quarter you're in. I don't know. I don't know what point you're going to be. And because some of us don't know when we're checking out of here. I got to fly this week to Texas. One of my cousins, I was preaching in Houston a couple of months ago. We were there. Uh, she, she was 89, spry, full of energy, enthusiasm. Matter of fact, she was even in town for the Delta Convention, bought gear in the bookstore, took pictures in our church. That was earlier this year. And then I get a sudden call that she has gone on to be with the Lord quickly. You don't know when you're checking out of here. We were talking about just, just the other day, we were talking about how we're going to celebrate her 90th birthday. She said, Pastor, I, she, 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 even though I'm her cousin, she, oh, she, she, I could, you, I could send you, consider you as my pastor. And I'm already sending my check. My check for 365 is in the mail. It's already being sent. Matter of fact, somebody told me the other day, it shouldn't be 365 this year, Gary. It should be 366. Okay, so I said, okay, let me put a line, 365 plus one. Everybody can do the one. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But I, it said when the death is imminent, decisions need to be made. Here it is, verse number 47. When he had heard that Jesus had come, the official from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son. He, I'm begging you, I'm begging you. Can you come? Can you come? He's, he's, he's about to die. I need you to come. I need you to come. He's begging, he's begging, he's begging. Uh, he, he, he comes with passion. He comes believing. It, 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 I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be cute because we have today too many cute Christians. Come on, somebody. You, you, he doesn't, he not, he not worried about I'm an official. I got a title. No, he comes begging Jesus. I need you to come. I need you to come to Capernaum, heal my son. Now, great thing about the text is that he asked Jesus to come, but Jesus is teaching him a lesson. Jesus is basically saying, I don't need to come. Somebody better hit, you better get this. I don't need to come. All I got to do is say a word. You see, see, see what he had done. He had limited how Jesus could heal his son. The lesson Jesus teaches him, I don't have to fit into your box. Good God. 
See, sometimes we want, we want Jesus with the move at a certain time and a certain way. And Jesus said, I see you begging. I heard you, brother. I heard you. I heard you. I heard you. He said, I heard you. You told me something's about to die. Now, the other thing was, is that Jesus already knew this before he asked. <laughs> Jesus said, okay, I, I want to I see, I want to see how serious you are. He comes, he walks, he begs, and he, then he tells Jesus, I need for you to come. I need for you to come. In his mind, he thought Jesus needed to come lay hands, pour oil. He, he, he wanted something to happen, and he wanted to be able to stand. But sometimes you do not have to be present for the miracle. Some of us in church right now, you're praying for somebody to get saved. You're praying for somebody to be delivered. You're praying for a miracle. And the miracle can happen while you're here. Oh, yeah. He said, beg, them, beg Jesus, come on to Capernaum. Healed my son. He's about to die. He's about to die. He's about to die. I need you to come. I need you to heal him. And, 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 then, and then Jesus said, Jesus said, verse 48, he said, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? I need for you to believe in me whether you don't see anything. I need for you to trust me. And basically, and basically he comes with a request and Jesus gives him a sermon. <laughs> see, some of us, we, we want, we want, we want, uh, uh, drive-through blessings. Sometimes you, you can't get a drive-through blessing. You've got to come and allow God to sow into you. you got to go, You know, see, it, everybody would, would come through for a drive-through blessing. But are you willing to wait on God? Are you willing to hear his voice? And then after I hear his voice, Rob, I'm then ready to keep it moving. I'm ready to keep it moving. Something is stirred up in my spirit. So I want to run on a little while longer, see what the end is going to be. Something is stirred up. So Jesus says to him, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs? Look at the life of Jesus, whether it's taking a little lad's lunch, turning water into wine, a man born blind, another young man who comes to a worship service, sits three floors up and falls to the ground, dead right there, but Jesus is able to bring him back to life. The, 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 man, the, the group of brothers who brought their friend, because Jesus was in town, they couldn't get him through the front door or the side door. Or through. They said, we got to take him to the roof and lower him down. I, I, I want to come and I want to get in the presence of a living God. This living, this the official pleading, Lord, please, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Hey, here you are trying to preach to me, and you you telling me all this stuff. He said, "I need you to come," but Jesus said, "Go back home. Your son will live." He, the, the man dries up his tears, straightens up his back, puts his shoulders back, and he started home. Some, what he had come, he had come and he had laid himself out before God. Sometimes you got to lay yourself out before God. 
you got to get into your prayer closet. I heard you last night, Reverend Williams, of that, that there ought to be a place in your home where you can lay out before God. You can have a conversation with God. It, it's not, a, yeah, and, I, and this man, he comes before Jesus and he lays out. He begs. My son is about to die. And I need you to come now. Jesus told him, I'm not operating according to how you want me to operate, but I do want you to go back home. And I want you to go back home a different way than you came in this way. You came in here crying, sad, defeated, but I want you to go back home. And when you go back home, I need you to go back home with a different level of confidence. And when you go back home, I want others to know that you have been in the presence of the Lord. I don't have to go back home, but I'm sending a part of me with you. So when you go back home, they are seeing me in you. See, a whole lot of us, when we come to church, God is trying to put something in you. So he can put it in you, Monica. I saw you leading yesterday. So you can take what I put in you and now able to disperse it to somewhere else. I was riding the other day and I saw the word dispensary. I, I think I know what they dispense, but it was said dispensary. And and big sign, dispensary. I, I said, I'm sure, I'm sure there's somebody that's interested in that product. They now know where to go to get it. Come on, somebody. You have to realize that the church ought to be a dispensary. Come on, somebody. When, when I come into this place, I ought to be able to get something. And then once I get what I've gotten, I thank God, I'm going to go back home, but I'm going back home a different way. I've been empowered by the word. I've been empowered by the word of God. I'm living, living out. I'm living in the, in the destiny of God. Third thing I need to say to you, what God says is already settled. Here it is. He's heading back home now. He's going heading, heading back home, different kind of way as he's heading back home. Uh, matter of fact, he's walking. Back, then it says, it says, while a man was on his way home, verse number 51, some of his servants met him with the news. Not only is your son alive, he's well. He's he not, he not just hanging on. He's alive and well. Now, we don't know what it is that the son has now started to do. We don't know. We don't know anything about it. Only thing you can say, he's alive and he's well. Matter of fact, we're excited. And they were so excited that they did not feel the need to hang around the son anymore. We got to go to where the father has gone to. The son, he's good now. we we saw him at at a point where he was about to check out of here but now he's in a new space and now we got to go tell his daddy what has already happened matter of fact it says that they were on their way and and that's why my third point what God says is already settled I thank God I'm on my way we want to meet the father we got to tell the father what has happened And then when they see the father, verse 52, the father asked them, when had had the boy begun to get better? 
They said it was, it was, it was yesterday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Now, how did they know what time it was? But they must have been looking. I don't know what it was that was able to allow them to know that it was 1 o'clock, that, that his fever suddenly disappeared. They were sitting and standing around him. They were thinking he was about to die. But then about 1 o'clock, thank you, Jesus, the fever suddenly disappeared. And once it disappeared, they said, we got to go tell the father. The son must have gotten up, shaken off that illness. The son must have gotten out of the bed. The son might have started walking around, went into the kitchen, got him a glass of water. He started looking around, acting like nothing had happened. And I'm thanking God, when you come through some challenges, you can shake off what you've gone through. You can get up. I was right at the brink of death. But I'm thanking God that the Lord has rescued me. Is there anybody here, Highland Park? And you know the Lord is still in the rescuing business. Hallelujah. Throwing out the lifeline. Pulling you out. Picking you up. Turning you around. It was about one o'clock. And I'm thanking God that the father realized that was the very time that Jesus had a talk with me. And he said, your son will live. Hallelujah. And his entire household believed in Jesus. That's why Jesus did not need to come himself. He needed to send the father because the father served as an evangelist. If you look at the original Greek, it says he evangelized his whole family. And I'm thanking God that when you get something, you just can't keep it to yourself. You got to tell, hallelujah. You got to tell somebody, hallelujah. I was about to die. I was about to give up. I was about to give in. But can't nobody do me like Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has the Lord been good to you? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. He's a mighty good God. Oh, yes, he is. Ferris of 10,000. Bright and morning star. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes, Lord. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. Pitied my every groan. Thank you, Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. I love him. He first loved me. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Keep it. Move. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving.
one thing, one thing you got to know about your physical body. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Come on, somebody. So you got to keep on. You got to keep it moving. That's why we're trying to be faith strong. That's why we're trying to encourage folk not to just sit down. Keep it moving. Folk like see me all the time. He said, you still running? I'm living. And if I'm living, I'm doing something. Come on, somebody. My uncle, who will funeralize tomorrow, 98. Folk asked me about my uncle. My uncle was, he's 98, just turned on it. Eight weeks ago, he was still driving. Now, I wasn't in favor of that, but he was keeping it moving. And I'm saying to you, spiritually, you got to keep it moving. Come on, clap your hands. You've been listening to the radio broadcast of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park in Landover, Maryland. If you want to receive a CD or DVD of what you have just heard, please call 301-773-6655 or visit us on the World Wide Web, fbhp.org. And remember, there's power at the park. I'm